Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Even though David was anointed king, 
even though David was skillful, David was talented. He killed the lion, the bear. He killed Goliath. But people do not realize and understand that, and even though he believed in God, uh, many times your flesh will make it make you think that it is you, and pride will make you think that it is you. And so what God does, many times he will allow, he will allow a soul to pursue you. He will uh, allow a soul to uh, um, des- uh, desire to kill you, but he can't kill you if your faith and your trust and your confidence is in the Most High God. And so in the purpose of that, of God allowing a soul to pursue you, is to to empty everything that is in you that you've been trusting in. And David could not trust in himself for divine protection. If you look, begin to do a study on the many of the songs that David wrote, it wrote, they was written out of his experience. Those psalms was written out of his encounters with God. When I say encounters with God, people automatically think of uh, the feeling the presence of God, feeling the anointing of God. It is not feeling the anointing or the presence of God that God became a reality to David in the midst of of uh, uh, running from Saul, in the midst of uh, not having food, but God provides. And so David, God became a reality to David, and those Psalms was birthed out of his encounters and experience of God protecting him. When you read those Psalms, Psalm 27 is one of my favorite. One of, i got plenty of them, but one of my favorite, God is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? God is the strength of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? And so he wasn't writing that because um, he heard some lyrics and then he began to write them down. No, he wrote them down because God really experienced the salvation of God. He experienced the strength of God. When it didn't feel like going on. He experienced supernatural strength to carry him on to accomplish the divine and perfect will of God. So, um, and I was sharing uh, with uh, uh, the young man, uh, gave him our testimony. Uh, many times God is trying to stretch you. God is trying to educate you. God is trying to train you. Um, and and just before I got to the meeting, I shared with him, he need to get with me. And uh, to help him uh, to do a budget and uh, and be disciplined, even with writing the budget, ladies and gentlemen, I helped help so many people uh, uh, put a budget together, and um, and they'll walk out of my office thanking me and uh, go do the very opposite. So writing the budget is means absolutely nothing. There's no discipline uh, in executing the budget. It takes discipline uh, to be able to uh, uh, budget. And, and and many times God does that because uh, He want He don't want money to control you, He don't want things to control you. He want you to be the controlling factor over things. And if if you if you ever come to the place that you are the controlling factor over things, He can trust you with things. And I begin to give him um, uh, our testimony, Kath and our testimony. Uh, I'm gonna share a little bit of that with you. I wasn't planning on doing that. Uh, when Kath and I got married. And uh, I was a traveling preacher. Um, I, I didn't believe, well, in case I can't believe, because God spoke to me, but I never wanted to pastor. Uh, I, I was a traveling preacher, and I, I loved what I did. And 
when we came back off for our honeymoon, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I don't want you going back on the road. And uh, I didn't really question God from the perspective of God. Why? You don't make, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't talk to God like that. He don't let me uh, talk to him like that. But God would not, uh, told me don't go back on the road. So my mindset was that uh, uh, God was going to open up some doors uh, for ministry here in the city. At that particular time, I never uh, did any uh, meetings in uh, Miami. Uh, South Florida. All my meeting was outside of uh, uh, South Florida. Uh, what I would do in the wintertime, I used to start my evangelistic. I wasn't an evangelist, but my traveling itinerary started in January. I usually was starting the islands, uh, uh, Jamaica. Usually is where I started out. And if, uh, from Jamaica, sometime I would go to uh, uh, the Virgin Islands. I would go there when I come back here. Then I start going up the coast of Florida. Uh, then I get to New York, and uh, then I go with Europe. And I'm still with about a month or so. And then when I come back from Europe, then I start going towards the West Coast and then come on back to uh, uh, South Florida. Uh, God was really gracing me uh, back then for as being a traveling preacher. And so God supposed to don't, I don't want you to go back on the road. And uh, one of the things I was, uh, God had graced me to be pretty disciplined, uh, not to make a move without him speaking something. And a lot of people uh, that don't know the voice of God, when they ask God a question uh, about a matter, if God don't speak, they take that as a yes. Uh, that's dangerous for you to do that, uh, to move out on something that God have not sanctioned or confirmed. So it's very important that we understand how to move out in God, how to uh, hear his voice. But anyway, uh, uh, when we got back, God said, do not go back on the road. And so uh, Kathy and I was living in a two-bedroom uh, addition to a house. Uh, a, a, a couple or a lady, one of the couples a lady, had just finished building this addition to her house. It was brand new. And when I think about it now, uh, I believe God allowed us to experience that a brand new addition to a house was brand new. We were the first uh, people that ever lived in it. I believe that was, I never saw it until today. I'm talking to you now. I believe that that was a prophetic gesture that God was going to give us our own brand new house, in which he did. And so, um, uh, during that particular time, Captain was working for the post office uh, during that time. And um, and the uh, young lady, the supervisor, uh, did not get along with any of uh, the workers that was under her authority. And uh, and Captain was working the graveyard shift. Uh, and she used to always, uh, not always, but one particular time she came to me and, and asked me, um, uh, to pray that God will uh, move her out of that department. Now, we was already up under a lot of pressure. Uh, I was up under a lot of pressure uh, because uh, as a man, that's just how men are made up. I felt less than a man uh, at that particular time because I wasn't hearing from God. He wasn't speaking to me. My wife was working. I had no income coming in. It was like kind of devastating 
the very thing that I said would never happen now is beginning to happen. Now, as a man, uh, and especially if you're a responsible man, you feel less than a man. And so uh, uh, during the time of me traveling, you know, God blessed me real good uh, during those times uh, where I would, would have been able to really support my family, save money up, everything. But God said, don't go back on the road. And so uh, uh, I didn't go back on the road because so, I was I, I, I was waiting to hear from him. And then, then my wife come to me. She, the only income we had coming in was what she was making. And it wasn't enough uh, 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 to be able to pay all of the bills. Now, I want everybody to hear me. I want you to hear me good, how God operates. Now, I didn't know what God was doing at all. I knew he was doing something. I didn't know what it was. And it didn't feel good at all. I felt miserable because I wasn't receiving direction, and I was used to God talking to me. I was used to God uh, 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 speaking to me and guiding me and directing me, and he wasn't saying a word. That, to me, one of the most miserable things in the world, when you have a relationship with God and God ain't talking to you. And that doesn't mean that God is angry with you either. That doesn't mean he's angry with you. So uh, in the process of time, uh, what God was doing, I was sharing with this young man, he was teaching me management skills for how to manage my household with a little bit of money. Now, I had, uh, when I married, I had a van that I used to travel when I was in the, uh, uh, I did, I only traveled that van based in the state of Florida, other place that I flew. Uh, it was a, one of those big gas guzzlers, uh, and I don't know if any of you all remember those. Uh, they have them now. They're very nice now. And it was nice back then, too. Uh, but the ones that had the captain chairs in it and the sofa all the way in the back, that's what I had. And I used to put my, all my equipment. Uh, if I went to a church that didn't have equipment, uh, good equipment, I had bought uh, good equipment. I traveled in that. My own microphones, everything. Duplicated machine tapes, my messages. I traveled with that. And so that's what Catherine drove uh, uh, back and forth to work. And uh, and based on her paycheck uh, and the gas, and that was a gas guzzler. That was a gas guzzler. So uh, uh, we didn't have enough money uh, to do anything in life. Uh, what I mean by anything in life, too, as a young couple, to really enjoy one another. Um our life was so fast-paced, I'm going to tell you. Uh, um, married, uh, within a year, Ebony comes up, uh, she's pregnant, start the church. I mean, it was fast-paced. But anyway, what happened was this right here. Uh, God was teaching me management skills. See, many times when God has you in a situation, and it appears to be negative, he's trying to educate you in a, in a way. We have never missed paying tithes. And since we've been saved, we've been saved, both of us have been saved around the same time. Because after I got saved, uh, the Lord used me to lead Kathy uh, um, uh, in salvation. And um, so she's been saved the same, basically the same length of time I have. And uh, now, when 
I lost my train of thought about uh, the uh, job situation. So, or train management skills. When you're in a situation and it's tight, and I was going somewhere, but the tight, we'll never be spending time because this young man was sharing with me that. Uh, he get worried because he don't he want to pay his tithes, but he's scared from the simple reason, you know, when he get paid, he'd be looking at the bills. And da, da, da. I said, no, that's where you're missing it at. You need to take your tithes out, then look at the bills. Look at what you got left. I said, if you got your tithes in the pot, then why would God show you anything? Why would God tell you anything? When you already set, you already send yourself up to Robin. Because now you are calculating his money in your money. So why would he talk to you? Why would he guide you? Why would he aid you and assist you with your bills? Because the mere fact that you refuse to pay your tithes because of the situation you are telling God, I got this. I'm the manager. I'm in control. So you got to understand how, how, how this thing works. So uh, and another guy asked the question. I said, well, make sure this question here. Uh, if if uh, uh, somebody come and rob you, will you give them instructions? Will you will you give them direction? Will you give them a class in money management, and they just rob you? He start he bust out and start laughing. I don't understand why we make it so difficult and 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 think that uh, uh, God is not a God of divine order, but He's just God. Well, you know, since he's God, you know, I messed up, and so he should forgive me, but he he will forgive you. But he already know that you're not going to do the right thing. He already know you're not going to give him what belongs to him. But anyway, so I shared with him what I would do. I had to learn how to take a little and scratch it, fill that uh, that van up with gas, calculate how many miles that it took from our house to her job and how much gas it burnt a week. Then the church we went to, thank God it wasn't far, far from us. So we had money, um, gas, uh, we get the church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Tuesday, Bible study. So we church three times a week. Never miss paying tithes, but we gave and, and offerings because we would give. Only thing we could give back then, offerings quarters, uh, change, and uh, that's all we could do. And so I would calculate out not only the the bills. Okay, with this check we could pay this, 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 this. Now remember, I don't took my tithes out. We can pay this, pay this, pay this. Then if we liking, then Spirit of God grace me to be a man of integrity. None, none of these things was taught, uh, sent up under my mentor, but the Spirit of God will educate and train you what to do. So he, he led me to call people, say, listen, uh, uh, this is Mr. McKenzie. I know I owe you uh, uh, for the like bill this month. Uh, uh, it's due this week. Uh, is it possible that I can give you something on it and then pay the rest of it off uh, uh, two weeks from now? Yes, Mr. McKenzie, sure. I never called anyone that wasn't willing to work with me. 
not one person. So all of that was preparing me for the church. I didn't know that. It was training me for another level. And I was sharing the same thing with them. And I said, not only that, and God wanted to see uh, as a manager of your household, he wanted to see where you make the right decisions. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by want to see if you make the right decisions. Because uh, the, the young man was talking to me. He said, you know, when these bills come, he got this, got this, I got cable, da, da, da. And then after he finished talking, I said, well, cable is not a necessity. You've got to be willing to give up everything that's not a necessity. I mean, that's pleasure. So we, we didn't have no cable. Uh, 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 um, cable or uh, satellite. That was a pleasure. And back then we didn't have cell phones. And, and all, you kind of need cell phones to, today, kind of. I mean, the, the world has kind of put you in a position that you kind of need them. But everybody don't even need a cell phone. Because so they still do have public phones. But it's a luxury. So you, you have to learn how to manage. You have to learn how to uh, see what is important and what is not important. Then what happened was, uh, oh, as God was de- dealing with us, with that, teaching me how to manage, then Kathy came back to me again. Uh, uh, no, no, she came to me. Then she came to me and asked me about transferring out of the, her department. And pressure, I'm already got this pressure on me, not making enough money. She wanted to transfer out of the department to uh, another face of the government and making less money. We didn't have enough money. We never ate steaks. and I eat steak anyway. But we never ate, couldn't afford it. But we ate what we could eat. I mean, um, uh, and I'm not a meat eater, so it, wouldn't, it didn't take much for me to eat anyway. But we ate cereal some nights. And uh, cereal, uh, uh, grits and eggs. So you do whatever it takes. And, and it's not going to always be that way. But God is testing you. He's grooming you. He's shaping you. He's preparing you for something great. He's preparing you for something so big. But don't look at the greatness. Don't look at the bigness. Just look at doing everything that you can to obey him. That's the key. Doing everything that you can to be in obedience to him. Let me ask you, our ready audience, uh, this question today. Can God trust you with $5 million? Can God trust you with $5 million? Basically, everybody listen to me, and those that's going to be listening to us later probably say, of course God can trust me with $5 million. If you are challenged giving God 10% of hundreds of dollars, we're tricking ourselves that we're going to give him. God can trust me with $5 million. All of this right here is designed to prepare you for the greater. But you've got to be willing to give him what belongs to him. You've got to be willing to be a man and a woman of integrity, a man and a woman of character, a man and a woman of excellence. You've got to be willing. And if you are willing, God would do it. God would do it for you. Now, so, but when she came to me about this uh, transferring, 
I put a question back to her. Now, I went before God. She asked me to go before God. I went before God. And the Lord gave me some questions put before her. Have, uh, did God give you this job? Yes. Have you fulfilled the will of God on this job? No. Then why would God uh, transfer you out of this department? If God gave you this job, then you haven't fulfilled the purpose of God. Then God's not going to transfer you. Anybody got saved since you've been on this job? No. Have anybody got healed since you've been on this job? No. Have anybody rededicated their life to the Lord since you've been on this job? No. But my boss don't like me. You're not there for your boss. You're there for God. God gave you the job. And I said, gave some instruction. This is what you got to do. Until you fulfill the will of God, God is not going to transfer you. Now, you find it your best to find your boss every time you go to work. And you greet your boss. My boss don't talk to me. She don't speak to nobody on this job. Well, it doesn't matter. You the Christian. You extend the love of God to her. You speak to her. When you get ready to leave, you speak to her. Tell her good night. And all the other uh, peers on your job that talk about your boss, separate yourself from them. Do not engage in negative conversation about your boss. Start witnessing to people on your lunch break. She started doing that. People started getting saved, rededicating their life to the Lord. So God started doing those things. And then one day she came back again and asked me the same thing. Uh, by going before the Lord, she saw a position at the a courthouse. And I was frustrated with her for asking me that because I'm trying to manage this household with one paycheck already feeling less than a man because I'm not working. Because God hadn't spoke to me yet. So I went before the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and said, tell her to take the job, and I will make up the difference. Once again, I'm calculated in my mind that God is getting ready to open the door for me to start ministry. Start ministry here in South Florida, or doing ministry. Not starting ministry, but start, start ministering out, opening up doors for me here. Because at this time, once again, I had never done a meeting in Florida, South Florida. All my meetings been outside of Florida, South Florida. So that's what I was thinking. One of the most dangerous things, ladies and gentlemen, is for you to try to figure God out. You'll never be able to figure him out. He'd never come the way you and I think he's going to come. It usually comes different. And sometimes it's exceedingly abundant above all we're able to ask or think, but it even though it's that, but sometimes it's so simple. Say, my God, it's so simple. I would never thought it was in a thousand years. Well, that's God. That's how God operates. That's how God functions. That's how God thinks. That's how God flows. He keeps you and I trusting. He keeps you and I balanced. That's how he flows. Now, uh, uh, God said, go ahead and tell her to take it. I will make up the difference. So my wife went ahead and, and took this particular position. Now, during this particular time, once again, I'm not working. We're in a two-bedroom apartment with no furniture, a box spring and a mattress. That's all we have. And the gifts that people bought uh, gave uh, towards uh, the wedding, and the majority of those gifts came from people that she knew because I'm not from South Florida. And so only, you know, people at the church I went to, but the majority of the gifts came from um, – uh, people outside uh, of uh, Panorama, not Panorama, let me say, uh, uh, Dr. Brown's church. So um, 
she goes on this new job. And she goes on this new job. She got her first paycheck. She brought the, uh, showed me the paycheck. She was making more money than she was making at the post office. And I said, what is this? You told me they, um, that uh, when you got an interview, they only can get, give you a certain amount of money. And he didn't, and your boss did not dictate the pay, the pay scale. Washington, D.C. dictates the pay scale. So yeah, that's what they told me. They, you know, uh, they don't control it. Washington controls it. They told me this position only uh, makes X amount of dollars. She said, it must be my, I think, sick time. That's okay. So then the next paycheck came, same amount of money. So it maybe it's part of my vacation time. That's okay. Third check came. Same thing. I said, listen, you need to go to your boss, sit down with your boss, and show your boss uh, what the, the money that uh, you've been getting. And because this is not what he said you would be making. And uh, Kathy did that. And that, once again, listen, this being people of integrity. This being people of integrity, submitting to authority, doing the right thing. Now, even though we we wanted to be able to have that kind of money, but we know it wasn't our money because they told us what she would be making. So all of these little things is tests, but you don't see it as a test when it's happening because God really wants to see what's in you and, uh, and, and and allow you to see what's in you. And so she sat down with the boss, and the boss looked at the check and said, Kathy, I, I don't understand it either, but... Uh, uh, because Washington controlled the pay scale, and she said, I had nothing to do with this here. And But she advised her not to share what she made with any of the employees in the building because she was making more money than people that was working there a long time. So what happened? God told us earlier that he would make the difference. Remember that? He would make the difference. So evidently, God went to Washington, D.C., and he went into the computer system and altered the pay scale for Kathy. That's supernatural. That's trusting him. And I believe God did all of that to prepare our faith also for uh, the pastorate, when we got ready to pastor. God never do anything just to do it. It's all preparation. Your faith today is preparing you for faith tomorrow. And your faith tomorrow will be challenged greater than your faith today. On a scale one to five, faith on, uh, on level five is to prepare you for the test and the challenge on level two. For your faith to develop to level two uh, 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 level. Your faith to grow to the level two level. Am I, am I saying it right? Uh, to the next level. Let me say it that way. And on and on and on is to, is to take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And so it was supernatural. And then uh, I did not work for eight months. Now, it probably looked like I was a lazy man going to do That's not me. I didn't grow up that way. Uh, uh, never been a, been a lazy person. Always had a job uh, uh, as a young man. I worked. I, would, I was willing to work. Matter of fact, when I was in college in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, 
I was uh, in college during the day, and I worked uh, at a restaurant at night, uh, Howard Johnson's Restaurant. They, I don't think they have any more today. But I worked there as a busboy at night. So I've never been a lazy man. But the reason I did not work for eight months is because God did not speak to me. And the eighth month, God spoke to me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a dangerous thing for you and I to move out. And the average man would have panicked. The average man would have panicked. And not only the average man would have panicked, but the wife um, would have been putting pressure on the man to move outside of the will and the counsel of God. We have to wait till God speak. If God don't speak and we move out, they say we can call shipwreck. And I've done that, experienced that before. So the eighth month, God told me to look around. After the eighth month, God had furnished our two-bedroom apartment, furnished it. I got, got me a desk in the second room, bedroom, and, uh, which was my uh, office and prayer room. Uh, uh, we had furniture in the living room. Uh, we had bought a brand-new Camry, and all of this without me uh, uh, working. And after the eighth month, God said, get a job. And I said, God, get a job? I would have done that uh, uh, the, the first week. God, you know I'm not a lazy man. I've never been a, uh, been a lazy man. You didn't grow me up. I didn't grow up that way. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said that I was doing something in these eight months. The eighth month, new beginning, ladies and gentlemen. That's how God works in our lives. And uh, he said, I was doing two things. I was teaching your wife how to live by faith. You have always been a man of faith. Not always. But you developed to be a man of faith. And you knew how to live by faith. Your wife didn't. And I was destroying and exposing pride in you. And then one of the most fascinating things to me about the pride thing that I didn't realize, but God reminded me of a statement I had made years before I got married. And I didn't realize that. You've you got to be mindful of what you say. I had made a statement that a woman would never take care of me. I, I think I was, I was just, just talking to somebody because I've seen a lot of lazy men. They was bombs. Uh, and, uh, and, and maybe I should say, Lord, forgive me. Uh, uh, just lazy men in uh, uh, in the name of God, using ministry as a scapegoat not to work. And so they may get a meeting somewhere, but it may be every two months or three months, and then they sit at home while the wife take care of them. I saw that kind of stuff, and 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 I made that statement that that'll never happen to me. And so, and the very thing I said never would happen, happened, but God showed me. He said, you made that statement that a woman will never take care of you. He said, a woman never took care of you. I took care of you through this woman. I'm the one. Look around you. The house, the, your, your apartment is fully furnished. Look what you have. You have had, we had a brand-new camera. Matter of fact, that was the first brand-new car I ever bought. Uh, now, my wife, uh, uh, before she, uh, we got married, uh, when she got a, a school, if I'm not mistaken, uh, whenever she got this car. But she got a brand-new car. Uh, I think a, 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 a father had got it for uh, But that was the first brand-new car that I ever received. But all of this right here, God was trying to show me something, that I am the orchestrator of your life. I am the source of your life. I am the one that orchestrates your life. And, and, and see, you got to understand that. God is... 
I mean, there's nothing that he will not do for you. What God does, he likes to put you and I in situation for you and I to trust him so he can be our source. So he can be our source. And so then God told me to get a job. So I, I, I got a job. And I was sharing this with someone. Every job that I have ever received uh, coming here to South Florida, which was only two jobs, they were supernatural. I never got a job the way the average person get a job. And the jobs that I got, somebody would tell their boss about me. I would go see the boss, excuse me, and the boss would say, go to a uh, person at uh, application. Every job, and, and watch this right here. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. No, I don't know condemnation fall on anyone. This is where my faith was located. This is where my faith. I never got a job that will uh, cause me to miss church on Sunday. Never got a job. Now, we know that there are jobs that require people to work on, on, on Sundays, like hospitals, nursing homes, things of that particular nature, nature. Now, when I first got saved, uh, now, this is what amazed me, too. This really amazes me. The Seventh-day Adventists have more faith in God when they're coming down not working on the Sabbath than Christians do on Sunday. Because when I first got saved, I was a Seventh-day Adventist when I first got saved. And they don't work on Saturdays. And you go to, you go to the uh, uh, personnel, and they're going to stand on the ground. That means they will fire me because I'm not working on, on, on uh, Saturday. I'm not working. So, uh, 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 but God has never given me, I told God that I, uh, when I first came here, uh, when he opened the door for me to get a job, I would, I would not work on Sunday. I would not. And maybe I got that from the Seventh-day Adventists. M- not maybe, most likely, that standard and that level of faith and trust of uh, not breaking that Sabbath transcended over to uh, being a Sunday keeper once I got the revelation of it, that I stood my grounds. And uh, and God did it for me. That's where my faith was developed at. And so I really do uh, 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 appreciate the commitment, dedication, loyalty that the Seventh Day Adventists have concerning the the Lord's Day, uh, the Sabbath, rather. Uh, they they they're sticklers to it. They're not going to move, and they don't move. So. Uh, but all of that right there was uh, preparing me. So I got the job, and then after the job, then God moved us into, uh, spoke to me, started dealing with my heart about uh, pastoring, and uh, which I really was surprised. I really was. I really didn't want to pastor. Uh, I've I seen some things in pastoring uh, with my, my mentor, seen some things uh, 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 he went through. And uh, dealing with people, I said, no, that ain't me. Uh, I never will pastor. And that's another thing, never say never. You are not the controlling factor of your life. You, you don't belong to you. So you can't do what you want to do, so you can't make the decision that you want to make. And our problem is what gets us in trouble, we're too grown. We're too grown, and it gets us in trouble. And so we see this happen uh, with, with, just think about our children. Our children don't make the decisions for their lives uh, when they're children. 
parents make the decision for children. And the reason we make the decision for children because uh, children is not developed to the point where they are able to make decisions. And when I say children, I'm talking about uh, uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere up in there, and even some teenagers. So what gets us in trouble when we make decisions as men and women of God and do not depend on the Holy Spirit, do not acknowledge the Holy Spirit. That's our job to acknowledge him. He will lead us and guide us and direct us into all truth. Children depends on parents. Children depends on them. Children don't think about you got to go to work. They don't even see the value of work. So we have to be like that with God in order for you and I to experience the, 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 the benefits of this relationship. He really want to be a father to us. He, he really want to be a father. And so but sometimes we're too grown. No, I'll take care of this right here. I'll do this right here. I'll handle this right here. And we don't acknowledge him. We get in trouble. And I've been there, ladies and gentlemen. I've been there. And I'm sure some of you all have experienced that as well. And so uh, uh, God is trying to elevate us, but he's trying to get us to a place that when he tests us that we don't panic, that we trust him. Okay, God, what are you doing? He's always trying to educate us in some kind of capacity, some kind of way, when he's taking us through certain particular things. And I'm sharing you the progression of God of my life, which I had no intention. I was going to share some principles concerning generational blessings and generational sin patterns. I was going to share some things in that particular nature, but evidently God wants to encourage some people and help some people. And this right here, and I really want to speak to the men because what you do is going to affect how far your family go. Your relationship with God is going to determine how far uh, God can go, or how far your family can go. I, my, my desire is to always be in the will of God. That's my desire, is to be in the will, will, of, will of God. And so uh, uh, I'm always asking God to, to reveal to me, speak to me, show me uh, the areas where I've missed it, I've uh, 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 hindered my relationship with you in some kind of capacity. I'm always talking to him and asking him to reveal to me, speak to me, show me, because, ladies and gentlemen, when you and I make decisions outside of that, oh, it it, it hurts and, and, and the repercussions. So uh, uh, um, my life has been a life of, of supernatural, of the supernatural. Uh, going back to what I shared with you about Kathy and that job, that, uh, the pay scale, He's God. He controls everything. There's nothing too hard for him. Even if uh, things have uh, uh, been put on a hold on your job, uh, they put a freeze, they're not hiring anybody, there's no more raises, there's no more anything. Ladies and gentlemen, I've seen God go beyond stuff like that. We, God has given us word when we have prophesied over people. When I had no idea that uh, certain, uh, there was freezes uh, uh, on their job. We prophesied to people, and uh, and God, and they got raises. It don't make no sense. I don't. I tell you, but that's how it work. That's how it work. You got to come to the place that you and I believe Him and trust Him. I'm always in some kind of situation. And God keeps me trusting Him. He keeps me in a place that I got to depend upon Him. So you may be in a situation like that. And if you're hearing our testimony uh, uh, concerning how life, how God has governed our lives. 
uh, I'm sure God is challenging you. You may be uh, be threatened on your job. You may be bombarded in some kind of area. It don't seem like God is going to come through. Let me assure you, he cannot lie, and he will not fail you. But you've got to be willing to be in a boat in the midst of a storm, and he said, get out and walk. You've got to be willing to get out. And you can take it to the bank. You are not going to drown. And he's going to put you in a situation that nobody can help you. Nobody's going to come in that storm and rescue you out of that storm. He got you in a situation that nobody can help you and aid you but him. He's cut off all resources. He's closed every door. And by him doing that, it's not because he don't love you. He don't like you. He just simply wants you to trust him as a father. He want to be a daddy to you. Will you allow him to be father? Will you allow him to be your daddy? If any earthly parent, being evil, know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you, the Scripture says. other words, uh, there's no natural father or natural mother can be a greater blessing than God. There's no natural father, natural natural father, natural mother. Love their children more than God loves you and more than God loves your children. God is love. He is the epitome of love. He's concerned about every area and facet of your life. He really is. But will you allow him to be God? Will you allow him to be your provider? Will you allow him to be your source? Will you allow him to be your shield, your butler, your high tower, and your stronghold? That's what he wants to be. But he can never be that if you don't trust him. If you don't trust him. And how would you ever know you trust him if you don't allow you and I to be put in a situation that no natural aid no natural help, no natural assistance, no human being can come and rescue you. And you're willing to stand still for you to see the salvation of your God. This is how it works. And this is how God becomes a reality to you. That when you don't know how, and he shows up, and he provides for you, he opens up a door for you, and you know it's nobody but God, now you have a story. Now you have a testimony to give because God himself, because you didn't tell nobody, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Now, we, we live this way. We live this way. I remember another time uh, when we moved out of that particular house, and I remember this clearly, and um uh, things was tight. I was working. Uh, I think Kathy was working at the time. Uh, she was home with Ebony. I don't forget. But uh, but things were tight. We had no food in the cupboards. And uh, and I remember I always been a man of prayer. I did a lot, a lot, a lot of pray, praying. Just just governed by prayer. But I was standing outside one day. And uh, just talking to the Lord, and a car pulled up, a young lady that uh, we're in relationship with, uh, been in relationship with for years. 
uh, when we first came came here to South Florida. And uh, but we don't. One of the things that Kathy and I did, we made a covenant with one another that uh, we would never go to our parents for assistance. And it wasn't pride. I just had this thing about me when I got saved. Either God is real or God not real. That just, I mean, God graced me and blessed me to believe him and trust him that way in the word. So we made an agreement that we would not go to our parents about anything. Now, no other siblings. Matter of fact, I just finished doing a marriage seminar, and that's one of the things I was bringing out to them uh, in this marriage seminar that uh, uh, our parents don't didn't my pa- both Catholic parents has passed, but they my uh, Catholic parents didn't know anything about anything we went through. My parents didn't. My mother's still alive, and she still don't know today uh, things that we were challenged with. Now, some of the things we expressed to them after God brought us out of them, uh, we've done that. But I remember uh, this uh, standing outside praying, and this young lady came up, drove up. And she got out of the car. She went to a trunk, uh, a back seat of where, where it was, and she started bringing. She brought all these bags out, and she was coming to the house. I said, "Where are you going with that?" She started smiling. Well, can't the Lord bless? Now I'm thinking, because this is my wife friend, that, that my wife done went and 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 spoke to her, and told her that we had no food. And so uh, I, I went in the room where she was. I said, uh, uh, Sister So-and-so is out there, and I see she got some groceries. Did you call her and tell her that uh, we was challenged with food? And she said, no, I, I didn't say anything to her. And so I went ahead and accepted the food. It wasn't pride, but I have always experienced the supernatural provision and supernatural intervention uh, uh, of God. I've I've, I've experienced that before I married her. Uh, um, So it wasn't enough for me to believe God. See, it's one thing to have faith in God as a single person, but when you marry and you're the head of the household, to have faith now for your family is, 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 is greater than to have faith in God for yourself, because now you got to believe God and trust God for you, for for your family members, and so but that prepares you though. Your faith in God as a single person will prepare you to have faith in God as a married person. And matter of fact, if your spouse is a person of faith, it, it should take both your faith level to a whole nother dimension. And many times it don't it don't work that way, but it should and it's supposed to uh, work that way. So when we begin to understand uh, that supernatural uh, intervention because God looking for someone to trust him, to believe him, to stand on the word and not be moved, we never throw it in hints. See, faith is not throwing hints to people and saying, you know, uh, we know God is good and God can do anything. The word of God is real. And, you know, that's what me and my wife at right now. We're just standing on the word, trusting God. Uh, 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 we just believe, you know, we got this newborn baby here that uh, uh, he's going to show up and he's going to manifest himself, and and uh, we know he can do it. We've seen him do it in the word of the Lord. He's going to do it for us, and we're just standing, and we just want, matter of fact, we just want y'all to stand in agreement with us that God will bless us with some food, and uh, don't tell nobody now. I just want you to pray with us. 
in a way that's manipulation. That that's really not faith. And we've seen this happen uh before. Where people uh they're not using faith, they're using manipulation. They're throwing they're hitting hinting around the people, I just need you all to bless us. Uh I, I need you all to um uh to give us some food. Let God speak to people. You just tell God because we don't believe that He can talk to people. God can talk to people in a dream, give a person a vision, drop somebody, drop you into somebody's heart, drop you into somebody's mind, and uh, and let them drop that in your heart and your mind for you to be able to execute. Uh, uh, not to execute, drop it in their heart, drop it in their heart for him to be able to put it in their heart to give you exactly what you need. I'm telling you, I see these kind of things. I've seen these kind of things many times, right down to the penny, that God has the ability to give you exactly what you need right down to the penny. Somebody can write a check. And this is how you know it's God. You got a bill for $325.17. Somebody said, you know something? The Lord dropped this. I don't know what this being. The Lord spoke to me and told me to write a check for $325.17. Do that mean anything to you? Of course it means something to me. That's my light bill. Oh, that's my car note. And you know that was that should build your faith. That should build your faith. That should build your trust. That should build your confidence in God even in a greater dimension. In a greater dimension. That's how it worked. But you didn't tell nobody. But because you stood and believed and trusted God, your faith in God called, uh, caused God to begin to speak to someone else and drop the exact amount of money in your in their heart to pay your bills. You know, to me, one of the greatest blessings is that God raised you up not to be the recipient but be the giver, that God can deal with you in a dream, deal with you in a vision. He can drop somebody in your heart and drop an amount of money in your heart, and you can write a check to someone, and you can be a blessing to someone because of your sensitiveness to the Lord. Come to the place in God, in your relationship with him, that you believe him so that you're willing to give up anything because you know he can restore it. Abraham is considered the father of faith. Now, when Abraham and his nephew, Lot, herdsmen had a confrontation. Now, watch this right here. This is, see, to me, this is faith here. This is trusting God. Abraham come to his nephew and say, listen, we're brothers. Let us not fight. This land is so spacious, so much land. Let us separate from one another so we won't get in a confrontation. You choose. And whatever land that you choose, I'll go the opposite direction. A lot of people said, wow. Man, I get first choice. 
in which that's really not the normal order. The older statesman should pick first. But he's a man of God. He lived by faith. He trusts God. So Lot picked the best part of the land. Solomon Gomorrah was a well-watered, uh, the grass green is better than the opposite direction that Abraham chose. So Abraham went the opposite direction. See, it doesn't matter how good the land is, how great the land is. What matters is how great God is who you serve because he can make a desert into an oasis. Their faith and your trust is in God, not the land. So that reveals if you give the person the best part, you trust God because God is better than the best part. God is the creator of the land. So if a land is a waste field because your faith and trust is in him and you allow the other person to choose, watch him turn it around. Watch him take that and cause your herds, your money, to multiply greater than the one that has the best land. Are you getting this? This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. That is why you come to the place in God that you don't get in confrontations about money, promotions, position, status. You don't care about that. only thing you care about is your relationship with God and your relationship in God. You trust him, you believe him, and you stand in on it on the unadulterated, infallible word. That word cannot fail. He's just waiting for somebody to uh, believe it so he can watch over it, so he can turn around and perform it. That's all the thing he's waiting on. He's waiting on the performance of his word, but he cannot perform his word until somebody believe him, until someone Stand on the unadulterated, infallible word of the living God. Will you do that today? God has put me in, in, in difficult situations. And always understand, the greater the test, the greater the blessing. The greater the test, the greater the blessing. I experienced so much um, uh, pain in the areas of relationship, betrayal, but keeping the right heart, keeping the right mind, keeping the right spirit, towards those individuals. See, that's how God does it. See, he know he, he will not allow you to experience that if you're not ready for that. He's not going to allow you to experience that. So your, your, your every challenge is different. What I went through with uh, uh, when Kathy and I first got married, those things would prepare me for ministry. And, and trust me, to me, ministry challenge can prepare you for almost anything in the world. Because you're dealing with people. And, uh, and 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 everybody is not going to see the situation the way you see it at all. You're the pastor. You're the leader. So you're going to have people come against you. 
You're going to have the devil going to send people there to try to set you up for a fall. But you got to see the devil, not the people. You got to love the people. So there's different kind of tests that God will take you through to elevate you, to promote you, to prepare you for the greater things of God. A greater anointing, a greater blessing, a greater presence, a greater revelation. But you must be willing to go through. But knowing that he loves you affectionately. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons where people fail tests. We don't believe that God loves us. We believe that God, uh, if God loved me, he wouldn't allow me to go through this. Because you have do not understand the ways of God. And I, I kind of thought, I'm sure almost every Christian probably thought that when they first got saved. If he loved me, why he let me go through this if he loved me? Because love don't operate this way because you don't understand love. You have no clue what love really is. Love is not uh, putting you in a situation where you escape pain. Love is putting you in a situation that you experience pain for today but gain for tomorrow. But you don't see the gain. Only thing you see in you in this this painful situation, you don't understand it. And so, how could God love me and He put me in this situation? But He's looking at what the situation is going to produce. That you have no clue. And it's exceedingly abundantly above all that you're able to ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I see my time is up. Uh. I felt led to give my testimony, uh, my faith and my trust in God, how God graced us to stand in the midst of different kinds of hardships and pain, preparing us for him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's nothing like having a relationship with him and trusting him. It's nothing like hearing the voice of God, standing on the unadulterated, infallible word of God. It's nothing like it. I love you guys and appreciate you. Tell your family and friends about the, uh, the broadcast. Let's pray for one another. We want to invite you to be a part of our last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line. Uh, at a, a powerful prayer time this morning. We'll be on the line 530 tomorrow morning and Wednesday morning. And uh, if you want to fast with us, uh, we fast our congregation the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every month. And you can do that with us. Come in agreement with us. Let's break through together. Let's advance together. Let's grow together. Let's excel uh, together. Surely this is our due season. I've set time. The month of uh, June is not over with, and God is doing some awesome things. Once again, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. Let the rest of your evening be blessed. Love you guys and appreciate you now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.